This is the Umbrella Academy podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We're discussing Umbrella Academy Season 3, Episode 8, Wedding at the End of the World. Look, when I went to the commission, I had a conversation with my 100-year-old self. And my last words were, don't save the world. Don't save the world? Don't save the world. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Is it? Well, whatever we're doing is not working. All we ever do is save the world for a day, pat ourselves on the back, and then everything goes to shit again. Yeah, maybe we're the problem. Oh, yeah. Us. <laughs> so, wait. Your big plan is... no plan. Exactly. Conscientious objection. Why the hell not? We've tried everything else. Look, maybe this is just what the universe needs. I say embrace the apocalypse. See what's on the other side. What if it's... nothing? Then it's been nice knowing you all. Welcome back, fellow Academy alumni, to our discussion about Episode 8 of Season 3 of Umbrella Academy, Wedding at the End of the World. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow alumni, or brollies, whichever you so choose. I am one of your other hosts, John. <laughs> and rounding out this trio, I would be the guy on stage, much like Five, giving a bad rendition at a wedding uh, of karaoke <laughs> of some form. I am Chris. <laughs> and it would be very bad. It would be a terrible rendition of whatever I sang. But there yeah, you go. Yeah. We can attest to that, Chris. We can yes. attest to that. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us for our coverage of Umbrella Academy so far this season. Just a couple of episodes left to go. Three more episodes to go. And a bit of a break this episode uh, to have a wedding. Yes. I just thought this was really sweet. Mm. Um, and it, I think it really showcased... Yeah, Luther's softy powers mm -hmm. as well here. You know, he's he's quite uh, he he's really nostalgic here mm -hmm. and uh, being quite cute as well with his new wife. Um, so I yeah, I really enjoyed this. I I liked just the whole um, concept. I, I think one of the pan shots were effectively the hotel obsidian is just on a rock it seems mm. i think at this stage it's floating in space it seems like um, and yeah. but it's still there it's still got an atmosphere clinging to that rock and uh yeah i i've just really kind of enjoyed the just the idea of this um this episode yeah yeah, absolutely. We will be going into spoiler-filled detail about our discussion of uh, of this episode of Umbrella Academy. As always, if you haven't seen it, go away, watch it, come back, and we'll uh, we'll talk about it as we go through the episode. Yeah, but should we jump straight in with our spoiler-filled discussion by Derek? Do you want to tell us who gave us what, where, when, how? Absolutely. The show was created for television by Steve Blackman, developed by Jeremy Slater, uh, based on the comic book series by Jared Way and Gabriel Ba. Uh, this episode was directed by Paco Cabasis. Guys, do you recognize the name Paco Cabasis? Is it like should. Paco Rabanne? No, it's not. Ah, it is okay. a director we've talked about multiple times before, and you'll never guess where we've talked about him. He did four episodes of the original series of Penny Dreadful, plus two episodes of Penny Dreadful City of Angels, uh, which we covered on this here podcast on TV Excellent Podcast stuff. Industry. Yeah. Uh, did well, some do you actually know I would have guessed that because it was in front of me? So you <laughs> said I would never have guessed, but I would have guessed because I've read my notes. 
Yeah, you would have been reading my notes, Chris. Uh, you're not Thank supposed you. to read those. Those are those are for me to read. Ah, for uh, you. Shock you guys <laughs> and surprise you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that cool? Paco Cabezas from uh, from yeah. Pride and Dreadful, uh, one of the most prolific directors of Pride and Dreadful, doing four episodes of one show and two episodes of, of uh, the sequel series as well. So, um, unfortunately, cancelled after one season. So we don't oh. know what happened with all those characters. No, we really don't unfortunately but uh, great to have him on board for the wedding episode of uh, of umbrella academy uh, the teleplay for this episode was done by uh, jesse mccown and by Aaron michelle williams uh jesse mccown this is the fourth episode that jesse's done for the show uh, michelle williams we spoke about it earlier on the season because she did the episode uh Google bits episode four season three and was a former staff writer on the show uh back through season one and season two so their powers combined to write uh the big wedding episode for this season of the show Excellent. But not stuff. like the red wedding. It's more of no. the drunken wedding. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for season three, episode eight? Wedding at the end of the world. Sure. In nineteen eighteen, Reginald Hargreaves starts construction of the Hotel Obsidian. At its grand opening, he attends the event with several mercenaries who he sends to their death down the secret tunnel in the White Buffalo Suite, as they are all slaughtered in oblivion. In the present, with the universe collapsing around them, the remaining members of the Umbrella and Sparrow Academies take shelter at the Hotel Obsidian for a day of romance, awkwardness and debauchery. As Luther and Sloane announce their wedding, a reinvigorated Klaus and Reginald arrive at the hotel, but none of the other siblings, except for Klaus, who has made a new connection with Reggie, are interested in the man they used to call father. Luther asks Victor to be his best man and leaves a bitter Ben out of his bachelor party, who is called out for his sullen attitude by Sloane as she tells him to lose control and stop being the leader. Elsewhere, and undeterred by the views of his brothers and sisters, Klaus coaches Reginald to be more fatherly at the wedding reception, where, to the shock of everyone, including Klaus, Reggie delivers a moving speech. As the wedding reception progresses, Victor, at the request of Luther, tries to reconcile with Alison, who refuses to forgive him. Klaus and a drunken Ben begin to bond, and as the evening and universe draws to a close, the families in the absence of Allison sit drunkenly in the courtyard as the Kugelblitz consumes the city around them. But ever the optimist, Luther remarks that he finally has the family he has always dreamed of. Mm-hmm. As the partygoers begin to disperse back to their rooms after the wedding, Five drunkenly overhears Reginald making a deal with an unidentified person in the White Buffalo Suite. Mm, yes, an interesting uh, final tag at the end of this episode because you kind of feel by the way the episode was going that they could have just put the closing credits on this and had like one final explosion <laughs> that kind of <laughs> could end the series, which is Pop. kind of my big moment from the episode. The big takeaway from this episode is this felt like a goodbye um, for yeah. all the characters. We had them all getting together to celebrate a wedding. It's almost what you do when you're saying goodbye to a series and what you're saying when you're saying goodbye to characters. You get them all together to reminisce and reunite and make new friendships like bringing Ben on board. Um, we had that moment, as you mentioned in your synopsis, John, of, uh, of Ben continually wanting to be number one and Sloane challenging him going, well, now you're number one of one because Sloane's yeah, joining exactly. the Umbrella Academy. She's getting married to, to Luther. So as far as she's concerned, she's a member of their family unit and Ben's number one of one. So, um, so for me, 
my as I say, my big moment from the episode is that takeaway that it just felt like a big goodbye. We don't have a confirmation of a season four. And oh. I know there's two more episodes to go, but throughout this, with everybody giving up, with five saying all we've done for the last twenty eight days now is try to save the world and things are just getting worse and worse and worse, with Alison saying Every time we think we've resolved the apocalypse, my life gets worse and worse and worse. It's like as if the Umbrella Academy are saying our central premise for our show is an apocalypse comes around and we solve it. We're not going to do that again. This is the end of the Umbrella Academy. Well, that that's it. I mean, I think the only thing I completely agree, this felt like an end of season possibly end of series kind of episode in, mm-hmm. in, in many respects. As you say, it just needed uh, the final Kugel Blitz pulse, mm-hmm. really. The only thing that would have been the big question uh, if that had have happened is we've seen Five as an old man mm-hmm. in... um you know, in in that chamber at the commission, mm. um, and so something else is untold. Maybe that it's not necessarily inconsistent with that, but certainly something it, it is left untold. And um, even just with five yeah. essentially saying in the um, in the bar, um, look, we failed. We're we're too late. We've only ever made things worse. You know, what have we achieved? Mm. Uh, we just keep going round in in circles, saving the day, but immediately going back into uh, some chaotic time yeah. uh, problem. Although I do like Luther's uh, response to, to Five when he mm. says, you know, what have we achieved? Uh, Luther, again, so- in, a, in a lovely, soft uh, way, is like, well, we've made some friends along the way. You know, he's really happy about this. It's just yeah. really good little banter. Absolutely. And I mean, even, you know, effectively five saying the plan is there is no plan. And mm-hmm. um, that's what I've taken from my older self yeah. back at the commission when yeah. he said, don't try and stop it. Absolutely. So I, I th- that even felt final there. And yeah. um, one other thing just on that little kind of bit with five i did like the fact given the plan to to contain the kugel blitz in the last episode Mm -hmm. you know how you know you have the kugel blitz and physics stats being banded around but we have diego's plan here uh where he effectively says well we need to get it to the hard on uh where effectively (laughs) we can now just you know baseball bat it back out into space space. you know i'll let you do the things and then we just sort of out to space uh-huh. um, and with Ben's line as well it's Hadron not hard on mm-hmm. you moron great stuff <laughs> very very Loved good it. very good I want to make sure I'm clear that I'm not an idiot here I know there are two episodes of the show coming yeah, up exactly. <laughs> and look I haven't seen them but it's very likely they're going to stop the apocalypse right I, I get that I think my point really is just the episode felt like a farewell so that and yeah. an underlining of we know every season has been we've had an apocalypse the umbrella academy are dispatched to solve it even with all this stuff that's going on so the show just felt like it was possibly saying goodbye to that idea if there is a season four which is entirely possible i wonder if there's going to be a very big change up to that basic framework that they've had for the three seasons and is that what they're saying here in the writing in the writer's room that we're not going to be up against the apocalypse next time i think so I, I I think 
they, there's only so many times, and they've they've started to repeat it over and over and over and mm. over again. Every single one of them are saying that. Like, five wants to retire. Alison is consistently losing something to the point she's becoming the villain. Yeah. Klaus has come full circle to mm. become the, 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 a glue and almost like a, a driving force of a group versus the, the, the alcoholic, drug adult, mm-hmm. fr- like, cult leader. Point, yeah. Cult leader. <laughs> well, he became the cult leader, but the first point, he the did. drug adult. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, the junkie. Like, it's all, this episode pumped the brakes. Uh, and mm-hmm. to a point where I question why they were doing it when they had such great momentum in each mm-hmm. episode going forward, moving it through. And But by the end of the episode, you understand why they are. Because it is, I, I think it is very much, it's like, we can't continue. Like, there's only so many times you can do the same thing slightly different Mm. That you're not going to start losing people's attention. Yeah, exactly. And interestingly enough, in a slightly meta way, it almost addresses um, one of our pieces of feedback from Coffee and Vodka, mm-hmm. who who mentioned this same thing that it, you know, yes, the writing's great, mm-hmm. all that, but it, it's doing save the world from the apocalypse, and this is the third season mm-hmm. uh, of, of doing it. And you know, I think this was back for feedback on episode five and he's just saying you know i really love the show but in a sense there's he he didn't really want to provide any more feedback because it's that cyclical aspect of this show and in 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 that kind of weird strange way you have the characters then talking about that uh, as well Mm -hmm. so i thought that was kind of interesting when i was watching it because my mind went back to that piece of feedback that we got as well um so i i thought that was good and it is clearly as well as you say by the end and given we've had the sneak peek at hotel oblivion we've had it referenced by old number five Mm -hmm. and that we are the the rest of the the series will be something to do with Hotel Oblivion Absolutely. and dare I say it the the cockroaches with the green blood that mm-hmm. are appearing everywhere and um, I have to say at the wedding whilst the guy in reception is taking the uh, photographs he pops one of the bulbs from the flash mm-hmm. and a cockroach comes out and I for a minute. I thought the wedding was going to get spoilt and this yeah. was somehow going to climb inside Sloane's ear or something and she was going to be sort of eaten from inside or something. Mind yeah. control. Yeah, some yeah. mind control or something yeah. Something else that was equally horrific was going to happen. And um, It's not to say it didn't off camera, but certainly we, <laughs> we don't see anything kind of result from... Uh, that escaped cockroach in the sort of grand hall of yeah. the hotel. Yeah, I think I was expecting a big moment of drama because, but yeah. they allowed the entire cast to go through the whole wedding and uh, and relax afterwards with these comments of um, "we can't keep fighting the apocalypse." So it, it just almost felt like we're setting you up here. We got two more episodes. We'll resolve this one, and then we'll then we'll go off into the sunset. In um, fairness, though. I guess the big event is happening 
outside of the hotel. No. So it yeah. it is all laced with, as you say, nostalgia, the yeah. reminiscing of the times that have um, have been, even despite how short it it will be new starts you know we get new new ben is created mm-hmm. uh, and so on so i i think all of that kind of stuff um is is kind of linked to the fact that the yes the universe is dying yeah, outside absolutely. absolutely lots of other great moments in the episode but that's my major point from the episode just that it did feel like a big goodbye to the characters uh chris do you want to take us on with your big moments from the episode sure i'm just going to steal the biggest of the moments i'm going to do a john on it <laughs> Uh, and take, yeah, there you go. I'm taking the wedding itself. Um, mm-hmm. because this is fun. And again, like, it's, it, it came as a bit of a, oh, okay, you're going to do this. Yeah. You're going to propose last episode. And you're like, okay, makes sense. Let's, let's see how it goes. Mm-hmm. To the wedding this episode, and you get the stag do, um, or the, the bachelor party, uh, for those who, uh, are from America or, across they there is no hendu mm-hmm. um or bachelorette uh because we obviously see sloan sitting by herself yeah uh, she has to make her of, own wedding dress uh in 24 and it's hours quite a dress it is yeah quite it a really dress. what a seamstress maybe she has uh another another uh Gift. hidden power yes. <laughs> <laughs> um but then you get the wedding itself and look this whole wedding it it's just it's it, I said a few seconds ago, it slams on the brakes, but it does it for a legitimate reason. In that, what you're talking about is every character gets a moment. Mm-hmm. Like you get Klaus trying to essentially talk everyone around to going along with dad's plan. Yeah. You get Ben coming around to becoming new Ben and getting a talking to. You mm-hmm. get five letting go. Yeah. Absolutely. And then you get Luther and Sloan getting their as much as it can be, happy ever after. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love how uh, how Klaus is referencing that because Klaus is, uh, is the uh, master of ceremonies. He's the, the one that's doing the wedding for them. And yeah. I love his way of marrying them where it's like, do you take this man as your lovely wedded husband for the next 24 to 48 hours and five calling out in the background going, well, give or take a day. <laughs> you know, love that, they're, that they've incorporated that into the wedding as well. It's really good fun. Uh, and then you, the only two who really don't to the same extent is Victor and Allison. Mm-hmm. That like this is the yeah. true ending, and this is like the, the 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 nail, if you will, in that Allison is Allison is our villain. She will is a bad guy. Like she is no longer going mm. to be the the sibling part of the 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 Umbrella Academy, the Hartbeeves family. She is Agreed. done with them she is done mm-hmm. with the the adventuring and i see what you mean talking about how this felt like it could be the end mm. but the problem being and i think the you know, one of the the reasons where like they may not want to is because you've turned one of your good characters into a body and they are progressively mm. i one she she either has to quickly redeem herself in two episodes which i she, i don't know if they're going to um, or she's going to go full on, like evil Joker, like, and I mean yeah, like maybe. eviler Joker, because <laughs> yeah. Joker's pretty bad. I'm certain that there's going to that there would be some people that will watch the show and would completely understand 
the motivations of what's going on here with Alison. She explains it really well. The writing that's done on the character is done really well, where you kind of go, you know what? Actually, Victor does take advantage of everybody else a lot and allows other people to say, uh, you were okay doing what you were doing. And Alison is the one that's getting punished from her perspective. And she explains that really clearly that she's not willing to put up with the BS from Victor anymore. Um, Alison was was Victor's biggest supporter right from the start. They became friends, and look what happened. Yeah, she was lied to. Uh, Victor has has tried to protect someone that really shouldn't matter to him as much as Alison's child mattered to her. You know, all of this stuff is coming out here, and and Alison is really just saying, "This is it. This is over. I'm not willing to put up with it. I'm not. I'm not part of a family. We're not. We're not together. You were the closest one to me." And now it's over. So um, whether she's gone full on villain or not, definitely a justifiable situation that she's in, particularly with Victor right now. Yeah, definitely. It's a tough one. Justifiable is such a subjective mm-hmm. matter in this. And it's this is why this show is even still in their slow down episode is still great because it's making you question. It is yeah. like that's how you know it's good writing. It, mm-hmm. it, it it does make you sit down and go, oh my god! Like, am I agreeing with the villain? It's it's mm-hmm. the Joker that film where yeah. you're there looking at Walking Phoenix, going, this guy is a psychopath, crazy person, mm-hmm. but I agree with him in aspects. Like, what? Do, mm-hmm. Like, if you can make a villain empathetic and you can get someone to emotionally connect and start to understand parts of their perspective on this then you're not really creating a villain. You're creating a complex character who potentially can do bad things. And I think earlier on in the season when I was going, oh, Alison's going to become the villain by the end of the season, I think I was almost expecting her to be maybe bumping off the members of the Sparrow Academy and nobody can guess that it's her or she's, you know, stroking her chin going, I'm going to take you all down. You know, I was expecting Mm -hmm. her to be the big bad and really she's not. She's killed Harlan. She had a reason for that. She's justified it. And now she's saying, I'm out of this family. Yeah. Um, she's not undercutting everybody else in the family at the moment. I was expecting her to turn actual villain by the end of the season because of where we saw the trajectory going earlier on in the season. I was expecting her to be the one to go. Everybody in these two families, the Sparrows and the Umbrella Academy, is against me and I'm going to use my powers to attack all of them. I think that's what I was expecting. By yeah, I mean, for, for me, I think Alison has just had enough mm-hmm. um, and she has no energy for it anymore. She's literally exhausted herself and mm-hmm. it's to the point that, you know, when Victor asks her to forgive him, she's just like, I don't think I will. Yeah. Um, and it's it's almost because she can't sort of get to that position yeah. but also she's just she she's done and um, she's, she's done with it i mean mm-hmm. it's it's almost like her last act is being at the wedding um because um of the family and what she's gone through with them and she will do that it's almost being polite because she leaves pretty quickly and i mean that's the thing that yeah. the the wedding ceremony has this absolutely loveliness of Sloane and and Luther. I mean, I love it where they all get up to dance. The ceremony with Klaus and it mm. is just, you know, I pronounce you married as shit. Viva <laughs> la apocalypse. Um, but at the same time, it just has these 
you know, moments of fun. Um, I mean, even with Allison, where she's kind of stuck with Ben, it's mm. like the two outcasts, the two grumpiest people um, in the room, <laughs> and she's just like Ben, you're you're just trying too hard, you know, mm. relax, have yeah. a drink, um, and again, it's like because I'm I've tried too hard previously, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it again, you know, and to the tension of Reginald coming into the you know, into the hall for the wedding reception. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, it's a really nice mix of almost like the perfect wedding, but with all these issues happening just underneath the, 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 the kind of whole thing, it's just simmering away underneath. And there's, you know, some pretty sort of honest conversations with people. Mm -hmm. There's fun, there's loveliness, there's the tension and there's effectively the the breakup of um of Allison and uh, and Victor yeah. here as well. Yeah. And that'll kind of culminate in a beautiful death poem, but we'll get to that in a second, but it's more just the sitting watching the end of the apocalypse, which is a nice yeah. it was a nice kind of piece just everyone sitting there looking up at the roiling mm-hmm rolling skies and the death and the destruction and you're like yeah like if they had have done a pop fade to black or you know, <laughs> a pull out you do a pull out pull out pull out pull out keep going out until yeah. it's like just a little pinprick and then just do a really comical like monty python like a finger comes in and pops a balloon mm-hmm. would have been fine i would have been down for that but they didn't <laughs> they yeah. do give us another episode um, and yeah, so I just really enjoy it. Like, it was a slowdown. And I keep saying that, but it mm. is because it's just the action, the, the action, the, the, the plot progression as a whole very much slowed down in compar- comparison yeah. to other episodes. But it did give yeah. a lot of the characters a lot of room to breathe and, and get some character growth or at least not growth, but I suppose depth that we didn't have. Yeah. Well, yeah, and and by the end of the episode, we are officially one group of people yeah. plus Allison, right? So yes. <laughs> that's 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 where we are by the end of the episode. I, there were some really good touches throughout throughout here. Um, I did obviously mention some of this episode feeling like a real goodbye. I thought the karaoke session that they had, yeah. um, that's formed quite a significant part of the show uh, throughout the series. We've had karaoke a lot. We've had uh, dancing along to tunes quite a lot. But I thought the karaoke session at the uh, at the the uh, bachelor party where uh, it kicks off with five saying we've had a hell of a run and then they sing uh we've had the time of our lives him and klaus doing duet and then everybody else comes in you're going well this feels like a goodbye moment from the cast they get another big dance off moment you know um there's also uh i thought what i thought was a really nice touch towards the end we have um Mr. Rod- Mr. Rodo, the, uh, the, uh, manager of the hotel coming in to do the DJ moment where he's going, this is the big dance tune for everybody to get on the floor and, and go and dance. And we don't hear the tune. We hear this really somber music almost as everybody's having this, uh, fun session together. So well, that's uh, it. I thought it was a lovely, a lovely idea for that moment, but I, but it was interesting the way it was framed. Well, that's it. It's, it's that great context of stood at the precipice of the universe mm. ending and everyone in Hotel Obsidian about to end, what revelations come to you in that moment? You know, it's it's from 
the just you know the fact that Diego is absolutely hell bent on we can win this. You know, you can't believe that Five just wants to sort of effectively get drunk. He's got he's got no motivation to try and solve anything around this. Yeah. He's he's ready to almost go it alone. And then you have uh, Lila saying to him, you know. But it's the wedding. You've got to stay. It's either you fight the apocalypse or you spend it with me. Mm-hmm. But you can't have both. And in the end, you know, that that Mr. Lone Wolf who met a crazy lady um, says, I want to be with you. You know, I choose you. Mm-hmm. And so all his sort of instincts of always on the fight, always looking for the defense, always trying to sort of protect the family and... His new beginning, his next 24 to 48 hours is he's made the decision to be with with Lila, mm. to be a father. I mean, we even have Reggie say, you know, you would have made a good father. Yes, we um, do. It's a shame it's come to to this, you mm. know, um, that w- there's no time left for it where yeah. you get that awkward introduction of, of Reggie and um, to Diego and, and Lila. Yes, you say awkward, but is that the nicest he'd ever been to another person after meeting Lila? Well, it starts off awkward, yeah. I should say, for sure. Um, and Lila seems quite taken with him. Yeah. Despite his crazy um, habit of eating deviled eggs with a knife and fork. <laughs> knife and fork but that, but that the mushy peas. Think about the mushy peas, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. They you have that feeling. They have the connection mm-hmm. of, you know, knowing the best fish and chip shop in the world. Mm-hmm. I do want to go to Whitechapel now and actually try that. I'm hoping that they, they actually pulled that from a real fish and shop, chip shop in yeah. Whitechapel because that would be cool. <laughs> and I will go there when I'm in London to try it. And I will report back if there is a, a fish and chip shop named like that they name in this show. We'll, ha- we'll have to just Google it before you go all the way to the UK and find out, uh, Chris, uh. <laughs> that it doesn't exist. How about that? <laughs> it's fine. It's and they're probably wrong. Play drive. I'm okay it's with that. always seaside resorts. It's probably Blackpool that has the best fish and chips in the UK, right? It has to be a seaside uh, resort. It's Wigan without Wigan. shadow oh, of a doubt. Or, or, yeah. Uh, but that's more pine chips, I'd say. Oh, very good, very good. And With gravy, I hasten to add. The nuances of the UK uh, and their mushy peas on the side, of course. Uh, well, I think it's also around, it, you, in Wigan or Bolton, it's, you get black peas and it's with vinegar on it. Yes. Mm. So, Brolly Dollies and Academy <laughs> Alumni, if you are dialing in from the UK and listening to our dulcet tones, Please let us know on facebook.com slash TV podcast industries what you think the best fish and chip shop is in the UK. Even our American colleagues, anyone who wants to weigh in fish and chips, where is the best? In Ireland, <laughs> it's Beshoff's. It's Beshoff's mm. chips and they're, yeah. they, they, they are some of the best. They're in Dublin City Centre. You can get them. They're great. Yeah. They are very but they are we're not here good. to talk about fish and chips. We are here to finish off our discussion <laughs> on this wedding. Yes. Anything else about the wedding itself? For me, I just want to see that photo, the the, the group photo. That's a yeah. lovely way to end, either end or announce season four. I think that's the, mm. that's the yeah. when they, they kind of like, this that's is the fair. end, goodbye. It's a nice photo. Mm-hmm. If it's not, because you can just superimpose Pogo on there. Um, and if it's not, <laughs> it's a, the, the like, 
I don't know, some form of the wedding photo kind of ripped or torn or something and signify what's Aww. happening in season four. You're making me sad, Chris. You're making me sad. We still got two more episodes to go of this season, so uh, so let's uh, let's let's not talk about uh, about it possibly ending until until it has ended. Uh, I want a copy of that photograph of uh, of um, Klaus and Lila together because uh, yeah. Robert Sheen's face when he sees the uh, the bulb explode in front of him <laughs> uh, looked hilarious. So I'd love to see that photograph. <laughs> Absolutely good stuff, John. Do you want to take us on with your big moment from season three, episode eight? Yeah, I think it, it's uh, it's. Klaus and Reggie. Uh, I want to kind of preface this, though, with the fact that Reggie owns the Hotel Obsidian. Mm -hmm. And not only does he own it, he found the location where to build it and gave the exact plans Mm -hmm. um, to the builders who were fairly confused um, uh, on how to build the Hotel Obsidian. Yes. Um, and we, you know, we do see um, him sending a, a load of soldiers to their death mm. um you know and the soldier saying you want them all dead um so whatever is on the other side uh reggie is wanting them dead mm-hmm. and in the end it's all the soldiers that die uh by the looks of it yes. so uh, whether they manage to get a shot off who knows and that will kind of link i guess ultimately to my final part of this point because mm. Klaus and Reggie returned to the hotel, presumably before all roads got taken off into outer space. And we, we see here that the, the, the uh, receptionist, Chet Rodo, mm-hmm. recognizes, uh, him. And I think what's really good with, with Reggie's arc here is just he turns up. He's not kind of acting like Klaus thought he might do. He's all about the mission that mm. they've got to start the training. Um, you know, there can't be any wedding while Rome burns. Um, and, and in the end, um, you know, he's being too dad for them. Yes. And Luther says, nobody wants you. Spaces are limited. So it, it suddenly comes into this lovely wedding crasher scenario where Klaus is, and again, another little nice bit of the wedding ceremony it is trying to, you know, go around, sort of test the waters, advocate for Reggie to actually be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the end, you know, I mean, Lila tells him to back off, don't start filling uh, Diego's sort of empty head with uh, full of <laughs> ideas and uh-huh. um, all this kind of stuff to the point that when Reggie arrives, just gives this lovely awkwardness and tension to the scene of him arriving where, you know, he ultimately sits pretty much on his own, Mm -hmm. fondling around with a deviled egg, um, until, um, he, he's introduced to, to Lila, Mm -hmm. um, by, by Diego. But it's the, it's the speech, Mm -hmm. you know, that despite it, it, you know, they're all kind of looking at him going, yeah, I didn't expect that. He's, sort of kind mm. in, in this and effectively Sloan summing it up with that was an emotional speech reciting a weirdly moving death poem um you know <laughs> at a wedding but yeah. it's a side of Reggie that they haven't seen before mm. and they are taken aback a by that yet you know post ceremony we see 
five in the the you know drunken five very drunk five mm-hmm. in fact and um, overhearing reggie and someone else um saying uh this can't wait i can't do it without you mm. and you know the question immediately rises well who is this and so i mean my only theory on this is it's chess it could be Chet. It could be Chet indeed, given, you know, there is the, um, that acknowledgement of who he is. So, I mean, it's definitely a possibility, yeah. but I was thinking that my, my kind of theory was that it was Alison yeah. because she has left the party and maybe he's trying to get her to rumor all the, um, the, the group to effectively go to oblivion to finish off the job that he wasn't able to do uh, after the grand opening mm-hmm. of Hotel Obsidian. Yeah. Like so interesting. You know, we've heard this mission um spoken about by Pogo. Mm-hmm. All this. And um, so again, to the point, yes, Reggie might be a little soft under that turtle shell, as Klaus says, mm-hmm. um, and and certainly wrinkly, but, you know, it's still all about the mission. Yes. It's just how he's packaged it, yeah, effectively. He, he played the part really, really well, uh, kind of taking the guidance from Klaus uh, yeah. here, but he's still on mission, and he maybe he thought this was the only way I could get them back on track. Be polite for half an hour, um, give them a speech like I'm, a, I'm like I'm actually their father, and uh, and then they might follow me down the path of uh, of joining back up together and and uh, fighting against oblivion. I guess. Yeah, exactly. I thought this was just really sort of nicely done. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, in, in amongst everything else, you yeah. know, it was really good. Yeah, I love the character of Hargreaves. Like he's mm-hmm. just yeah. like he he is that. The, the man you love to hate throughout the season and you get you keep getting these hints of a better man from a different timeline, mm-hmm. a different universe. Definitely. And you're like, oh, this is going to be good. Like, maybe he's the hero. And then they've made Alison yeah. the villain. He's the hero. It's going to be cool. <laughs> and no, like, just straight at the end. Not on this show. It's not, not on this show. <laughs> like, he is the bad lizard man like they are doing he is the bad lizard man and it has to be Allison. it's unfortunately they signposted it i.e like making her the villain and villainous activities and we've talked about her becoming the villain and they're like and they now if they zig like we all think they're zagging (laughs) then that's great like if they do pull the rope from I'm us, telling you. no, but yeah. like, that is cool. If it turns out to be someone completely different, yeah. then you're like, oh my god! Like we thought it was going to be Allison for this whole time, and actually it's Sloane. She secretly is like just a double agent. Like that would be mm-hmm. just. I I can't wait for that. But. So here's the here's the alternate. So what Reggie was actually saying was, I need to clean up this hotel in 24 hours because the end of the world's happening, and I can't do it without you, chat. There you go. Yeah, that could work. Yeah, it's probably not that. No, No, it's not definitely not that. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Any other thoughts on the episode that we haven't haven't covered? 
Well, I was just going to add as well, and Sloane would have to have given one hell of an excuse to get away from Luther on their wedding night. That's very true. Yes, that's very true. (laughs) I did not think that, yes. (laughs) Any other final thoughts of the episode before we close out our discussion on Season 3, Episode 8? That buffet looked amazing. Mm -hmm. Very much nice. Very nice. (laughs) Yes, lots of nice big pieces of lamb there. Did you notice a little trouble in paradise between uh, between Sloane and uh, and Luther <laughs> when he asked to eat the meat off her plate? Yeah, the I, lamb chop incident. There's a, there's a little bit of I'm not one for sharing there from Sloane. Yeah, <laughs> Joey doesn't share food. There you go. <laughs> Just one other line that I really liked from the episode, uh, to, and, and from my notes, uh, I really liked five explaining his plan of having no plan as. It's conscientious objection. Embrace the apocalypse. Uh, really yeah. like that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, excellent stuff. Um, at the only note that I've got really is just the cockroaches. Mm. You know, again, we see Reggie stamping on one right at the opening after mm. all his um, soldiers and mercenaries have, have effectively died yeah. uh, in, in oblivion. And then we see one sort of jumping out of the camera. Maybe it's yeah. as simple as cockroaches survive anything, um, mm-hmm. like even, you know, nuclear war. Um, yeah. But it seems like, you know, we saw them in Hotel Oblivion as well. Mm-hmm. So there there is that element to it. Maybe this is another alien species sort of star, mm-hmm. starship trooper-esque. Maybe. That is the mortal enemy of of Reggie's species. Uh-huh. What you know, the reason why they had to sort of leave their their planet or something. Mm. Who knows? Yeah. But I love cockroaches, or maybe it's just a gag about the Hotel Obsidian being a cockroach. Hotel. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, that's it for our discussion on episode eight uh, of the series. Overall, John, what did you think of the episode? I really enjoyed this episode. It's another four and a half cosmic shitters out of five, um, uh, to quote uh, Lila. Okay. Um, yeah, really. I, I just thought it was nicely done. It was, um, it just was that kind of stand back, that breath. Mm. Where are these relationships? And in the context of the wedding, you know, it was new relationships such as new, new Ben or with, um, Diego committing to, to, to Lila mm-hmm. after the, the last episode. It was Klaus, what, you know, what he thinks was the new, um, new Reggie turning out really to be the same Reggie just repackaged mm-hmm. in order to stay on mission. Um, you know, the intrigue of who that might be, who Reggie is talking to, the, the tension with Alison and, and Victor, uh, and the, the, the sulkiness of Ben. It all, you know, at the edge of the, the universe, at the end of the universe, uh, really thought it played out these, these new beginnings, um, for people for good or for for worse um so yeah four and a half cosmic shitters out of five good stuff yeah another good character episode i enjoyed those moments but uh it just made me feel the ending of the series coming and i wonder if it's the end of the show uh coming up but uh but did enjoy it i thought there's some great character moments in here once again with the show uh chris what did you think of all yourself uh, i enjoyed this episode i felt it did slam on the brakes mm-hmm. quite hard um and there's nothing there was nothing wrong with that i think it's 
stop the story. The story beats the, 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 at the pace we were getting for the last kind of few mm. episodes, but decided to just focus on more kind of just giving the characters a bit of room to breathe and it's like move forward, not grow, but move forward just with their storylines individually. Um, and it's just, yeah. it, it was, it was fun. I'm interested to see. If this is the end, I think that's the thing. If this is the mm. end, then that's good. It's going to be interesting to see if that's where yeah. we leave some of these characters, for example. And as we say, we don't watch the episodes ahead, so this could be just the breath before the plunge, or it the, really uh, could. Yeah, the quiet exactly. before the storm, as they say. So, um, so we will see when we get on to the next episode of Umbrella Academy. Uh, John, let's go go on over for a celebratory drink at the wedding of uh, of Luther and Sloane. Let's go go on over to the Hotel Obsidian Lounge, which does still exist, even nine episodes or eight episodes into the show. The, it the, the does. Obsidian Lounge still here. Clean up that wedding booze uh, in the lounge for sure. Uh, make sure you get those um, shots to dunk in your. I guess it was wine or champagne. It could have been beer in a wine glass, of course, that mm-hmm. Five was drinking. But yes, fellow quizzers, fellow brollies, episode eight leads us nicely on to question eight. What is the dress code for Luther and Sloane's wedding? Classic. Very good. <laughs> I don't have to be weather related for this episode. It really right? so, good stuff. John, do you want to get the question one last time? Yes. What is the dress code for Luther and Sloane's wedding? Eight questions so far. Hope you're gathering all the answers together. Uh, email us at the end of the series with your answers to all 10 questions to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com to be able the chance of getting your hands on some Umbrella Academy goodies. Indeed, we have um, some feedback here, messages from the end of the universe, <laughs> uh, dare I say it. Uh, remember, fellow Brollies, you can send in any thoughts uh, on the remaining two episodes of Umbrella Academy to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or you can go onto our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash group forward slash TV podcast industries to any one of the spoiler posts for the umbrella Academy. Mm -hmm. If you want to hear your voice, you can also go to our website at tvpodcastindustries.com where you can leave 90 seconds of your thoughts. Just head on over to the tab on the right hand side of the webpage. And so let us get on to our piece of feedback from Dr. Bob Phillips on episode eight. He says, Oh, finally, we get to meet the other alumni of the Chris Jones's Singing Academy. Uh, yes, no wonder the universe is crumbling around the Hotel Obsidian. Yeah, I don't know whether he's referring to the entire cast doing that terrible uh, karaoke or whether it's just five on his own singing a song that nobody else seems to know. Probably. It is the pulse from Chris's mouth as he kugel blitzes. Uh, the world, the galaxy, the universe with his uh, dulcet singing. There you go. Yes. Or not. Yes, indeed. The, the, the universe will not end with a bang, a whimper, or a pop. 
it will end with me hitting the perfect note <laughs> and actually getting <laughs> yeah. a C sharp, and then the world goes. Oh, oh, <laughs> everybody gets one, Chris. Yes, <laughs> or, or attempting to reach the perfect note. There you go. Yes. There no, you no, because yes. I will actually end up getting the right resonance, and you know that That's when you true. resonate too much together, the world, the glass shatters. You will That's turn into an opera singer for one second as you get the pitch perfect to break yeah. the glass, except you shatter the world and. But anyway, we digress because, uh, yes, Dr. Bob Phillips continues. And Klaus winkles the little soft, squidgy innards from Reggie and Benny, perhaps. (laughs) I can't yet work out if the interdimensional door is the reason for the end of the world or the MacGuffin that will save the world or a complete red herring. Still, Building one hotel and a city forming around it must be the ultimate. If you build it, they will come. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, I think uh, those mm. are. I think they're they're definitely the options here. Um, is it a red herring, the MacGuffin that will save the world? Mm. Given what Old Five said uh, on his, in his death can, uh, or uh, is it the reason for it, or mm. is it the cockroaches uh, emanating from it? Yes. Maybe that thing that we didn't fully see was some kind of massive co- cockroach, cockroach <laughs> e- evolved cockroach master trained in the arts of um, karate, jiu-jitsu, you <laughs> name it. Well, there's only one person that knows the entirety of our audience who've already seen exactly. episode 9 and 10. <laughs> trying to build it up here. <laughs> or do you know what it could be? If anyone has seen the modern classic that is Joe's apartment, The Singing Cockroaches, <laughs> that is what it is. Hotel Oblivion is actually... Joe's apartment. It is the crossover no one asked for and no one thought was coming. <laughs> and no one expected. Excellent stuff. Thanks so much for your feedback, Dr. Bob. Yeah, yes, thanks, thanks Bob. Dr. Bob. And thanks everybody else for sticking with us. If you want to share your thoughts on the show as we're going through to the last couple of episodes of this season, make sure you email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. We'd love to hear from you. Yes. Uh, this episode of uh, TV Podcast Industries, episode 8 of Umbrella Academy, was brought to you by our patrons, including Skyrocker. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, Skyrocker, for your support. Really, really appreciated. Thank yeah. you. Thanks, Skyrocker. Yes, and if you want to be like Skyrocker, you can head on over to patreon.com slash TV Podcast Industries, where you can support us for an any ongoing monthly amount help keep the lights on and the hamsters running in their wheels but if you want to do a one-off donation you can head on over to buymeacoffee.com slash tvpi where you can keep our illustrious editor and producer caffeinated mm-hmm. yes lots of editing at the moment with uh, doing this show on Umbrella Academy and also covering the wonderful Sandman over on Netflix as well. So uh, so lots going on at the moment and very soon we'll be uh, in the courtroom again with She-Hulk Attorney at Law. Yes, but before that we will be back with the penultimate episode of Umbrella Academy Season 3, Episode 9, Seven Bells. Mm. We've had a wedding and then we've got the bells afterwards. Yes, of hell. No doubt. Yeah, exactly. That's where my brain went, the Seven Bells of Hell. <laughs> I'm totally in wedding mode at the moment. That's probably why. (laughs) (laughs) Good stuff. Thanks so much for joining us, fellow Academy alumni. We'll talk to you again next time. Yes. Ta-da for now. Yes. Thank you so much, fellow Brawlies. Remember, keep watching, keep listening, 
and keep learning. Bye. Yes, and don't forget, tell us where the best fish and chip shop is that you think. Bye. 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 Bye.